0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show. Yeah, you don't give up, do you? Otherwise you're never going to ride a bike.
1: Or you can get your brother to pull you along with a rope, which is what I did. what <laughs> <laughs> you
2: did! <laughs>
3: the Beat. Welcome to The Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big.
0: Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to The Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here the lovely Claire Horsley, right behind me. And we'll come on to that in a second, because it might sound a little bit different, this podcast today. Whether you're here for the first time or you've been here before, please make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss out on future episodes. And let us know what you think too. Uh, Get in touch with your feedback, your comments. Let us know what you like, but maybe what subjects you'd like us to cover in future episodes. And we'll let you know how you can do that. And give you all the details at the end of the podcast oh and make sure you hang around to the end for your final <laughs> chance to win yourself 500 pounds for your business now this is all a bit different isn't it isn't it
1: there's so much green i love it
0: because this is our first anniversary podcast we did promise ourselves that by the time we get here that hopefully we would be doing the podcast in a comfy studio so it'll be our first podcast we do together actually in the same space together when we're recording this COVID hasn't quite finished yet so we're not quite out of the woods so the next best thing is to be outside and go for a walk so we're in the lovely Essex countryside walking and uh, and talking and recording the podcast at the same time who says men can't multitask
1: i know seriously impressed it's the next step up though isn't your it gate.
0: hang on there we go
1: Thank you very much. I'll
0: shut it behind you because, you know, oh, I'm
1: gentle and all that. Have I got to jump that or can I go under that way?
0: No, no you go open that one. <laughs> so what we thought we'd do, it being our first anniversary, if you like, is to look back over what's happened over the last 12 months, the 50 or so guests we've had on the show who have all taught us lots of different things. And I know you and I have said this many times before, how you end up having commonality between all these guests, they all keep picking up on the same points, and it almost sounds like they're sort of common traits that every successful entrepreneur needs.
1: Yeah, whatever the topic has been, it it very often comes back to the same things and the same qualities, and uh, we've called it Big Little Business Show Bingo.
0: So for this episode, let's look at the five qualities every business owner
3: needs. This is the Big Little Business Show.
1: So what we're going to start off with is a real biggie that has come up time and time again, which is the importance of actually being passionate about what it is that you do. So maybe when you're having those times when you're up at one, two o'clock in the morning and questioning yourself, you need to have that sheer grit and determination and passion about what you do to get you through those really
0: challenging times. Yeah, This has come up time and time again Uh, on the episodes we've covered over the last year. We did a whole episode all about this one topic. Uh, and the guy that we spoke with, Chad Balquin, really picked up on um, why it's so important because of how he's gone through loads of different businesses he didn't enjoy before going back to the thing that he was really passionate about and turning that into a business. So if you don't absolutely love what you do, when you get through the hard when you get to the hard points in uh, your business journey where things aren't going quite so well, and yeah, that'll happen. It's your sheer grit and determination and passion for, thank you very much, make sure you don't step into some dog poo there. That's teamwork right there. You <laughs> yeah, see, um, make sure, you, yeah, that grit and determination, make sure you don't um, step into that dog poo there, right there. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, um, and so, so often as well, when you're in business, it doesn't always, the results don't come, come quickly. So because they're not so immediate, that's the bit that can be really challenging, and that's why you need the passion to get yourself to the next point.
0: Exactly right. So let's have a listen to a few clips from previous episodes with our experts talking about how important it is to be passionate in order to have a successful business. Here we go. It's really important to find your passion and make a business from that passion because you spend a lot of your time working. You spend a lot of your time earning money. It makes the world go around. So yeah, you might as well do something you love. And like you said earlier on about if I'm going to go down, I might as well go down playing the guitar.
4: Yeah, for sure.
0: So how have you managed to turn what you love into something that you know, keeps, the, you know, keeps the bills being paid?
4: Yeah, so, and that's a really good question. <clears throat> so the keys are always treat everything like you do, like a business. And I think the I think the reason people a lot of times will struggle, struggle turning their passion into a business is because they love doing it so much, they'll do it for free and so then they discount it. This is easy because I've put the time in. This is easy because I'm passionate about it. This is, just because it's easy for me doesn't mean it doesn't have value for other people. And even though those backup plan years You know, there was a lot of highlights in those years. Still, I mean, I'm not. It it wasn't all bad. I learned so much from that, and a lot of what I learned turned actually played into us having quick success with this. I learned a tremendous amount about people skills. I learned how to run an organization with the vitamin deal. Um, I learned how to book bands with the agency. I learned how to market with the advertising company. All those things have played into a successful music business now so I'm grateful for all of it yeah Uh, and at the same time I can I can instruct and teach somebody that doesn't want to go through all that (laughs) to get there a little easier than I did
1: looking at what you do now and how you support um people with regards to you know open water swimming taking you back to where you're referring to about being hoisted into the swimming pool to then slowly walking the length of the swimming pool. Why do you think you made that decision when you were looking at the swimmers in the fast lane? Why did you want to join them? What made you take that,
5: made that decision? If you were to speak to my parents, they'd tell you that four-year-old Vicky used to enter competitions and tell them where she was going to put the prizes in her bedroom. If I want something, I believe and convince myself it's happened before it has. And it's just the way I go through my daily life. Um, Even to this morning, before we came on air, I was telling you both that I just had an offer accepted on a, a new home. Last week, after I viewed that house, I had my photograph taken outside the front of it. And I've had it as my screensaver on my phone for the last seven days because I had convinced myself that that was my new home. And this morning, they emailed to say my offer had been accepted. I just believe wholeheartedly in everything that I do, I believe in myself. And I just know that if you don't let any negative thoughts in and you are 100% confident in what you want to do, Mm -hmm. there is absolutely no reason it can't happen. The only person that will ever stop you achieving is you.
3: This is the Big Little Business Show.
0: So the next thing on our list is, I guess, I'm not quite sure whether you would call this, I've written down doing it for yourself, but I guess this comes under goal setting as well, Claire, because when you set yourself up to run a business, you have to really think about why you want to do it in the first place. And that needs to come from you, doesn't it? You need to be a bit selfish, I think, and understand what you want to get out of it and why you're doing it. Um, and it has to be for you and not for anyone else.
1: Yeah, and you have to be really yeah, really invested in that, because especially if you come from an employed Um, employed job where you've been really told how to behave, what to do, You're, you're not following your own targets, you're following their targets, all of a sudden it's turned on its head so you have to be very clear with exactly where you're heading, what you need to do and I guess really having some sense of accountability really as well.
0: And I guess for you and I we both have our own businesses because we want something we can hand down to our children and that's exactly why I do what I do and why you do what you do. I mean, we both love it. Don't get me wrong, you've got to love it, and that's back to that passion thing again.
1: They do link up, really, these two. Yeah, they do a bit. I guess if you're... Intertwine.
0: Good word, write that down.
1: I've said that for years, just come out.
0: If you're doing it for maybe a a legacy thing or to hand down to your children or for some some reason like that which is personal to you and has an emotional attachment, then that's going to help to fuel your passion and that's going to help to drive you through... Yeah. The tough times.
1: Yeah. um And and like you, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to, um, you know, convey really a message to the children that if you put your mind to something, you can do it. But it doesn't come without its challenges and sacrifices at the same time. But most of it obviously is is, is chipper.
0: <laughs> chipper. Where are these words coming from?
1: Yeah, I was going to say hunky dory, actually.
0: I ne- well, I've never, never heard you use either of those phrases. <laughs>
1: it must be the fresh air. I don't know. But yeah, I I was fed up with getting, you know, getting up in the dark and seeing the children in the morning in the dark and getting home in the dark. So uh, I wanted to change that and have some control over that. And and I haven't looked back since, to be honest.
0: So having a reason why you do it, that's our second quality we think you need in order to be a successful entrepreneur. Let's hear some clips from previous episodes about our experts talking about that one.
1: (laughs) Um, what would you say to somebody who's looking to start a business and who's not sure what type of business to start? You know, would you say to lean towards maybe what they enjoy doing or maybe go with the numbers?
6: What would you What would you say to them? There's actually, I created a free course to help people with this because I find that there is a lot of people that have a desire and don't necessarily have that idea. And it's not comfortable. It's not fun to sit in a place of indecision. I would say start with listing your experiences, your skills, your talents, and often you may only have a few because it's all that comes to mind ask the people you trust The same thing, the questions what do you think are my skills, my experience, my talents? Make a list. I make my clients do at least 50 on the list before we go and go to the next level because you'll see that there's probably things in there you haven't thought of. Now, yes, you probably, if you have that desire, you most likely have a passion, something that you're hoping to turn into a business. And sometimes that's viable. There's a market uptake, there's a need, there's something you could do with that. And sometimes there just isn't. Or, you know, when you run the profit potential, you realize that, it's not even worth your time, or you realize that, you know, you can't get your goals met. But if you spend a little bit of time figuring out all the options you have on the table, what could be something that you could do that has a higher profit potential that you should still like? I mean, you know, if you're looking to start a business, please don't start with something you hate. That would not be fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awful. Yes. I've always thought that if someone, and it's always happened with me, when I've always started a business, I've always started with an idea or something that I want to bring to market. But actually, you're saying there are quite a lot of people who say they want to start a business but they've no idea what they want to do
6: yeah and that surprised me as well you know three years ago i didn't really work with a lot of new entrepreneurs that started to show up for me uh organically where people were coming, you know, for help and they were at the early stages. But it, I started to see year after year that people were just more and more wanting to do something and just wanting to, they they would say to me, I know I'm meant for more. I don't want to be here for the rest of my life. I don't buy into work and then retire. I want to create something for myself. And, and sometimes they would say, have these three or four or five ideas. And sometimes they would say, I, I'm afraid maybe it's just not for me because I can't think of anything. But every time that I've worked with these people, they now have flourishing businesses out there. So, yes, if you're there, if you have a desire, no no ideas or too many ideas, you still can do this. So the
1: next thing is the importance of being adaptable um, and being flexible because business can be really, really Um, unpredictable and it can go in twists and turns that you would not otherwise always expect so by having that attitude of actually if things don't go quite in the right direction go with it
0: Uh, this is probably my favorite one actually Mm. and this is another one that's come across we've come across so many times in the podcast you need to be able to change from what you do i mean still keep your core values and still keep your your skill set, but you can adapt your skill set according to the conditions. And COVID is a really good example of that. The the people who have survived through COVID are the people who have learned to adapt and change and completely change how they do things. I mean, like you and like me for that matter. We've both had to do that over the last 14 months or so. Mm. And I imagine there's a load of businesses that have had to do that too. And those are the businesses that are still around today.
1: Yeah. And it never ceases to amaze me how like you think you've got it and then you plan it. And you think, that's it. That was a fl- what was that a fly? Um, <laughs> you think you've got it, and then all of a sudden you haven't. And then you've got to invest in other areas that you never, ever expect. Well, I mean, my goodness, wow, yeah. You know, that you never expected you would need to, but you've got to have that just go with the flow, I think, attitude to a certain degree.
0: There's an episode, and I can't remember who said this, and I know we'll probably find it and you might hear us play it in a minute, but there was an episode where I think someone said, something about running a business is a bit like going for a walk in a funny kind of way which is what we're doing right now but sometimes you might see a path along that walk that looks really interesting but it will take you off in a completely different direction from the path that you had intended in the first place doesn't necessarily mean it's worse it might take you to a better place
1: that was John Lamington John Lamington talking about business plans and How a lot of people will write a business plan and then file it away. Because 12 months, because the business plan tick, is done. But I loved what John was saying about business plans being ever-changing and evolving. And that's what we have to do. We have to evolve with it.
0: So let's have a listen to John and some other previous guests
7: talking about exactly that. Every time you set a goal and you don't achieve it, you experience sadness. Because what happens in your mind, you play this beautiful movie and had these pictures of this amazing future. And then COVID comes along, and it wipes all that off the face of the earth, and you have a sense of loss. And what happens is you start to grieve the loss of your future. Lean forward. I know you can't see me, but I want you to lean forward. Let me tell you a secret. It hadn't happened. So guess what? You didn't lose anything. However, we experience the sense of loss. We also have to let go of fear. We're born with two fears the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. All other fears are learned. People have fears of failure, fear of success, fear of making a mistake, fear of being left behind, fear of being found out. And if you have any of those fears, it'll be very hard for you to move forward because what you'll try to do is you'll try to hold yourself back. So you've got to get rid of these. You've also got to get rid of your self-limiting beliefs. Your self-limiting beliefs are beliefs about yourself. You have beliefs that hold you back. You have beliefs that hurt you. You have beliefs that you don't have enough time, that you're too old, that you're not smart enough, that you don't have enough education, that you're not in the right relationship, that you don't have the right product or service, and you've got to stop it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is once you've got rid of all of that garbage, then you've got to become stubborn. And what you have to do is you have to draw the line in the sand. And you've got to refuse to go back and trying to do the old thing and expecting a different result. You've got to draw that line in the sand and you've got to refuse to do those failure habits. And then thirdly, you've got to focus on what you want. So we have what's called a reticular activation system. It's a part of your unconscious mind that focuses on your most dominant thought. And we say that you become what you think about most of the time. So what you've got to do is you've got to set a goal. But most of you up until this age, I know your age is, by the way, I'm a mind reader. I know your age now, that age that you're at now. Most of your life, you've set goals for things that you've wanted to do. And right now you're pissed off because you can't do what you want to do. Who do you want to become? What do you want to be known for in this lifetime? And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter if it's COVID-19. It doesn't matter if it's the global financial crisis. It doesn't matter if it's the next depression. Nobody can take your B goals away from you. And if you focus on who you want to become and you take a step closer to that every day, your brain will release a, a neurotransmitter called dopamine. And what will happen is your heart will start to pump. Your heart will start to sing, and you'll say, "I love this life. I love this journey. I want more." And you'll set. Bigger challenges. You'll be willing to go overcome bigger obstacles. And when you achieve your goal, which you will, then what will happen is your brain will release serotonin. And this is nature's happy drug. Now, I've been to the UK. I bet a lot of you did some wild things back in the day. And what happens is when you do wild things, you feel good and you feel alive. And that's the serotonin. And you've got to get that back in your life. And if you do that, you'll never experience anxiety, you'll never experience regret and you'll never feel depressed. And what they say in the UK is, oh, we call it seasonal affective disorder. No, it's an excuse. If you're feeling good, it doesn't matter what's happening in the weather, you'll be one of those little red ducks and you'll be happy in any pond.
0: The one thing that you picked up on, you mentioned briefly there, that I think is really important is the fact that you're sitting there right now on a Friday doing your plan for next week and it's important to get all this done maybe the day or the week before so you don't have to think about it in the morning of the day or over the weekend or when you're having downtime
8: absolutely absolutely it's just a rule Um, and i think i can't remember one of my mentors said to me this week ain't over till next week's planned and i take that into a daily thing now so today isn't over monday isn't over till tuesday's planned And you, because you cannot plan Tuesday any further than Monday night because you don't know what you've achieved. You don't know what fires have started up that need putting out. You know, small business owners, we make plans, but unfortunately, stuff happens that affects our plans. And that's where the 90 days is very useful as well. If I could look back at my 90 day goals for June, July, and August, no, in fact, let's go earlier than that April, May, June, uh, sorry, March, April, May. So I planned them in February. The world got a little bit different in March. So I got my pen out mid-March or towards the end of March, and I made some adjustments, and I scribbled some stuff out because I couldn't carry on with that plan as was. But what I ended up doing was a new 90-day plan, which I adapted to the world around me, and we we smashed it out. We got a new website launched. We got a load of new content written. We increased our open rates on our emails. We... Didn't achieve what we planned to achieve, but we adapted to it.
9: What's really interesting about this thing, and what you say, this with the coronavirus, I noticed my friends who are doing well, and my friends who are um, who not are not doing well, but not doing as well. And it's it's people with their business who have adapted, and it's kind of like one of the phrases I've came up with during this lockdown is adapt or die, because the people who are doing well are the ones who are thinking outside the box and going right I'm going to do this this outside the lockdown I realize I've been doing that with my work for pretty much my whole career and however I, it's you know in the, in this lockdown basically I had a day where essentially 90% of my work 80% of my work was cancelled in a day because obviously I'm doing uh, live studio warm ups that requires studio audience, or if not, I'm going out to uh, work in TV studios, or I'm hosting quizzes or corporate events, everything in the public sector. And the one thing that sort of like kept me going for an income is my my voiceovers and the fact that I can do that at home. And the only reason why I, I've got that is because. Th- it, it, it's one job of about five or six that I do.
0: Yeah, you're, you're so right. I totally agree with you. And I, I, I think back to you know my dad, who's uh, he has, he's gone a few years now. But uh, when he was working, it was a case of you, you go and do an apprenticeship and you get a career and you get a job, rather or a skill set, and then that's your career for life. But I don't think it's like that now. I think you can you can jump from one career to another and maybe have two or three different job descriptions on the go at any one time
9: yeah i totally agree and it's not that you know they can all be related it's nothing special with the radio industry it's it's, it's it, it could be copy and pasted to quite a lot of things but so in the radio industry you had all these lots of radio stations over the years especially in the last 10 years they've all consolidated to be part of a group where then they do what's called network programming so it all comes from a central base so that means they get rid of jobs and da 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 um, which is just evolution it's just because you know the reason why it's happened is because when i started in radio as a kid in the 90s it was you had a local radio station it was a license to print money with advertising Da 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 but things changed the internet came along and um online spend and social media so advertisers split their spend in different bit, uh, bits which mean they weren't spending as much money on radio which means they were uh, making less money and and it's it's essentially sort of like people during the steam age and then electricity coming along going, "Oh my God, this electricity is stealing all the jobs from our steam lot, blah blah blah. that that's what happens. And just as long as you know your skills and how you can bend that into different areas, that's what I think keeps you well, basically it keeps you survive, the adapt or die thing.
3: This is the big little business show. Here we
0: go. This kind of reminds me of the conversation we had with Michael Heppel when we had him on the podcast. And he was talking about um, the Napoleon Hill book, how Napoleon Hill wrote this book, which is like, you know, a world-renowned business book now. It's like the the number one business book that everyone's going to have on their shelves. And this book came about because the guy was doing research to try and find out what makes a successful entrepreneur. And I kind of guess in a maybe accidental way, that we've been doing exactly that. I just stung myself. I just walked yourself. past what a singing
1: and I wasn't listening to that last bit, could you say oh, that again? That was
0: my best speech as oh, well. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry.
0: It still freaks me out how electric cars make no sound.
1: I know, do you know what, I think that is so dangerous. But you can't hear them coming, can you?
0: So the next thing on our list is about parking your ego, and not being scared to ask other people for help, other specialists for help, to get you to where you want to be.
1: Yeah, because when you first start a business, you can be absolutely brilliant with what you do, but you're not necessarily an experienced business owner, so you're not going to be great at everything. So I truly believe that actually showing some vulnerability it actually shows huge strength and courage. So then you can utilize you know, that thought process to outsource your work and get the support that you need.
0: Absolutely right. So let's think about, I don't know, let's just say, for example, you're really great at making cheese. That's your skill. You might be great at making cheese. fancy oh, cheese sandwich. You, <laughs> you might not be so great at um, marketing that cheese or looking after the money that you earn from making the cheese. Yeah. You've got two choices. You can either learn all those skills, which takes a lot of time and therefore takes you away from making the cheese. Yep. Or you can ask other people to do those bits for you so you can get on with making the cheese. <laughs>
1: You must have said cheese a hundred times. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's recognising actually what you're good at because we're not good at everything. We can't be experts um, in every single field. So look at what you're good at and do that and outsource
0: the other things. It's about parking your ego a little bit and thinking, right, holding your hand up and say, I do need help with this. Uh, I need uh, someone to do this job for me. And part of that is, especially if you're starting out in business, you might not have a lot of money in the pot and therefore you might not think you've got money to spend to get people to do this stuff for you. However, I think time is the most important commodity we've got and not money. And therefore, if you're paying someone else to do your accounts, for instance, then that gives you more time to make cheese. And therefore that's gonna make you more productive.
1: Yeah, um, and if you are outsourcing something, what are you gonna be doing yourself to fill that gap? because that's the whole point, to give you more time. So it's really important to identify how you're going to be filling that gap too.
0: So that's the next thing on our list, the...
2: Wow.
0: That was a bird scarer, by the way. No one's been shot, nobody panic. (laughs) That Um, was quite loud, wasn't it? It was quite loud. Um, That's the next thing on our list, the ability to park your ego and get help when you need it. And we've heard so many of our experts over the last year talk about that. So
10: let's hear a few of those now. In business, what we do is, We constantly compare ourselves with other people. First of all, people are only ever showing you the best bits of their business. They're not showing you all the crap that's going on, all the problems, and all the infighting, and all the challenges that they've got with the staff who are all, you know, leaving and going, joining competition. And that customer who you're terrified is going to leave you because, you know, so you have to cut your price again, but you can't afford to cut your price, but then they're going to get it from somewhere. And all that stuff that's going on, everyone just puts their best face forward. And they usually do it on social media. So it's like the polished version. Um, and to, to actually, put your hands up and say you know what i'm struggling this is challenging at the moment is very very difficult to do but we need to we need to create an environment where people feel comfortable doing that just saying people should do it isn't enough as leaders we should be creating an environment where it's okay to talk about stuff where it's okay to say things aren't brilliant
11: got to be brutally honest with yourself and a lot of business owners and I know you know I'm I'm one um you know we do have an sometimes a bit of an ego and you, you think we think we can do it all especially small or micro businesses um and you know it's it's to me it's like I say to my clients is that okay what are you actually struggling with what is it that takes your time or, or what is it that actually you don't you don't enjoy doing you don't know how to do it but you know you have to do it and that's the key thing is, you know, you have to do it. And there's a lot of people that know they have to do it, but don't do it. Um, and so it can be very simply just writing it down on a piece of paper of actually, what is it I think I need to do in the business? And then really putting it at the top of what's on the top of your list. And I bet you with people, if you look at, if you ask them to do this on a weekly or a monthly basis, the same t- tasks or the same issues will come up time and time again.
3: This is The Big Little Business Show. Here we go!
1: In order to move your business forward, I'm a strong believer that actually when something doesn't go right, and it won't always go right because it can't possibly always go right, very often this is your greatest learning in business. So failure in business, I actually think, is not always such a negative thing. It can actually push you past your comfort zones and, you know, help your business become even better and bigger and stronger.
0: Do you know what? I was in a clubhouse room the other night. Yeah? And the subject of the clubhouse room was share your biggest failures. And I went into the room because a friend of mine was hosting the room and I was literally just in there to support her. But then she brought me up on stage and she asked me the questions, question, what, what are your biggest failures? And I genuinely had no answer for her. hmm And I said, well, look, I know I've made failures. Yeah. I, 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 it's inevitable that I've failed on a lot of things but I don't see them as failures. I see them as one step, being cl- one step closer to my success. Yeah. It's learning. It is. You have to fail in order to learn, and you have to learn in order to reach the end goal, whatever that might be.
1: Hmm. So I often use the analogy of, you know, when you first learned to ride a bike, you first had stabilizers, you know, had somebody holding your back to push you, encourage you along. And how many times did you fall over? How many times did you fall off? before you actually mastered the art of riding a bike.
0: Yeah, you don't give up, do you? Otherwise you're never going to ride a bike.
1: Or you can get your brother to pull you along with a rope, which is what I did. what <laughs> <laughs> you did?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And I didn't have to pedal or anything. And the poor boy was exhausted. He was four years younger than me at the time.
0: And did he know that you weren't pedaling behind him? No,
1: I'd go, I am, I am. But I kind of <laughs> I, I, I timed it so well that I actually wasn't giving it any effort I've at all. Still but my, got, I've still got to watch
0: you, haven't I? <laughs> but
1: my legs are going to go in the right direction. That's yeah. so funny. Damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's exactly it. Um, yeah. You've got to be able to embrace failure, not be scared of it, know that it's going to happen, and learn from it. Get up, brush yourself off, we um, yeah, are what did that, what did that teach me? Write that down. never do that again. And off we go. Um, you, you ain't gonna make great cheese on your first effort, are you?
1: Is cheese gonna <laughs> come It's a recurring theme the cheese. Stop talking about cheese. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you think the fear of failure prevents businesses surviving
5: and thriving?
2: Fear only can only exist in one of two spaces. It can only exist in the future or in the past. It never exists in the present moment. We're only ever afraid now, based on what we think might happen in the future, or something you know might repeat itself that's happened in the past. If, if we focus on where we are now, right now in this present moment, then we're we're not afraid of anything. And in that present moment, you know there there is nothing else. There's only where you are right now. The problem with things like fear of failure and other things is they become building blocks that support specific behavior patterns. The reason that lots of businesses don't reach the level that they should or business owners don't take the actions that they, they they even even know sometimes that are going to give them success they still don't take those actions um so they end up in this pattern of behavior of procrastination where they just can't seem to get some level of momentum they can't take that next step we end up with this pattern of behavior that repeats itself because it's built on on a series of of blocks foundational things that that we believe about ourselves individually that support that pattern of behavior and every time we move forward or we take we try and take some action that pattern repeats itself we we compare ourselves to that pattern all the time so you know when we talk about things that we believe about ourselves most people's personality most people's belief system it's usually complete by the time they're about 5 6 or 7 years old and, and all we look to do for the rest of our lives is validate that that's true. So when people say, you know, I, I don't want to take that because um, I've seen this happen before. I've tried to do this in the past and it didn't work out. That's a repeating pattern that's bound to happen because we're looking for reasons to, to prove that to be true about ourselves.
0: I read, read a book by, uh, I don't know whether you know about it, Joe, by Steve Peters called The Chimp Paradox. He explains it as that you have two different brains. You have a primal brain and then you have a logical brain. And and then they're both talking to you at the same time and it's about controlling what one says against the other. It, this sounds to me like it's a, a similar thing in the fact that there is always going to be a negative voice in your head. It's just how you handle it. Am I right in thinking that?
12: You are absolutely 200 million percent right. And <laughs> I want to add to that poll that... Uh, for those people who are experiencing negativity or negative voice coming to their head, guys, listen, it is perfectly normal. We are inclined, we're built that way because we wanted to survive. So anything that may appear as a threat, just even a little, this is why our brain will take notice and we will see everything magnified. The reptilian brain kicks in. So Paul, there is nothing wrong with having the inner voices coming in a negative manner. This is completely normal. But what do we do with it? Is what defines someone who has issues and needs coaching and needs help and between someone that is completely as we call normal when i say the normal i actually say that the normal is not perfect but everybody is normal and some people are abnormal now there's a story quickly i can share with you paul i was wearing a a a shirt okay that i appeared in a party and there was this lady that came to me very attractive lady and she said to me oh i love your style but that shirt that you're wearing is so tacky and it's just not nice at all. I, th- I can tell you that my whole entire night was ruined, okay? I wasn't feeling happy at all and I doubted myself and so on. A few years later, I was wearing, by the way, the same shirt. Just to let you know, I do have other clothes, but for <laughs> some reason for this story, I, I I was wearing the same shirt. I just want to see this shirt now.
1: Yes, yeah, so I do. Uh, well,
12: <laughs> I, might, I might send you a photo. yeah so, it is uh, clothes is quite subjective. So I was wearing the same shirt and a similar scenario happened with another lady. I haven't met her and she, again. She was also attractive. And she said, uh, I like your conversation. I like your, you know, conversing with you, but that shirt that you're wearing is really terrible. It's so out of fashion. And she criticized it. Now I want you to note how I respond to the second lady versus the first one. I told her, oh, wow. Okay. Um, do you mind if I could host you, I actually would love to host you. I love your style. And she said, I'll host me where I said, I have my own program. And she said, ah, what kind of program? I said, it's called your opinion doesn't matter to me. (laughs) (laughs) So quite frankly here, when you look at the first story versus the second story, it's the same body, the same shirt, but the reaction is different. So where is, what's the takeaway from the story here? You reckon?
4: Well,
1: I mean, I would say it's, Not the events that you can control, it's the way in which you respond to it that you can.
12: Correct, and that is absolutely super intelligent, clear, and you're definitely on the point. She has her moments. I have my
1: moments.
3: (laughs) This is The Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business.
0: So we hope you got something from that, and that was beneficial and made you think about all the things that we think you need to have in order to be successful in business. And if you've bumped into us for the first time on this episode, and that might seem like a little bit of an unusual episode, because we're out walking for a start. Um, but it's just we thought on our first anniversary, it'd be nice to go back, revisit some of the topics we've discovered in the past. Because we've often said so many times in episodes, um, how these sort of reoccurring threads pop up uh, with all the experts we've talked to. So it's just nice to sort of look back and think, mm-hmm. right, what have we learned from all this?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, it reminds us, actually, of the the importance of, well, the significance, really, of the topics discussed and how, you know, game-changing they can actually be in your business.
0: And I've learned heaps from the experts that we've had on the show. Me too. I don't know about you, what's been one of the biggest sort of takeaways for you?
1: Oh my gosh, where do I begin? That's hard. Well, you know I frantically write notes on every single episode. Yeah, you You must have reams of the things. (laughs) Yeah. I'd find it really difficult to actually pinpoint one. I think in terms of a consistent message that I have taken from it is actually, you are you an individual person and it's your journey. Just be confident with what you're doing and give a consistent message and try not to get too um, influenced by negative outside influences. I think that's a big one for me.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's very easy, especially with social media, to look at what other people are doing.
1: Well, we compare, don't and we? And compare,
0: absolutely right, yeah. But just home back to that thing that we said before about it being, it's all about you. Who are you doing this for? You're doing it for yourself. You've got a real reason why you're doing it. Um, and it's your way of doing it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to look at what other people are doing and be envious of that because they're doing their thing for their own reason as well. Oh, that's quite deep, wasn't it? God, yeah. Where did that, that come was, from? yeah. You're not going to get anything like that for a few more episodes, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> that was a one-off. That was really <laughs> deep and meaningful.
0: Uh, so back to normality next week, back in the studio, uh, back with another expert, talking about a completely different subject, all designed uh, to sort of help your business grow. And I think it's certainly done that, we've well, certainly done that for me over the last tw- uh, 12 months or so. Mm. Uh, I've learned a hell of a lot and I know you have too, Claire. Absolutely. One other thing we need to talk about before we finish is our very first competition. Yes. Your chance to win £500 of me. So the most important part of social media at the moment is video. There's loads of video out there and loads of people doing really great video in order to sell their products, talk about what they do, connect with people, grow their audience and it's just another thing that you need in your toolkit I think now in order to be able to promote yourself on social media. It's not something that you can ignore because it's so huge now. Um, so, we're giving you £500 worth of my time to either make a video for you or teach you how to make your own video. And I hope this is going to be the first of a few little competitions we're going to have on the show. So, can I enter? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can if you'd like. All right, Jacob. Might not pick you though. Oh, ch- charming. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've only got this week now. It closes at the end of the month. So, this week is your last chance to enter. And all you have to do is go to the website, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk.
1: Did you hear something behind us then?
0: Yeah, it's a guy on his bike.
1: Okay, fine. I couldn't see anything, I thought- Do you want like... to do the clothes? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so unfair. I'm walking and talking as well. <laughs> 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 you making me laugh already. <laughs> I can't do it. So anymore.
0: I can actually look at you doing it now. This is no, even more off-putting. That's
1: bad. I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna walk backwards. No, it's okay. Um...
0: <laughs> okay. I thought a car was coming, go on. You go, go on, go for it. Go on, so, so go on. faith in you, go do it.
1: <laughs> so that brings Whenever us you're ready, you just go to the it. end <laughs> of this episode. Um, I hope you have enjoyed the little golden nuggets that we've picked out from all of our t- topics over the last 12 months. And I now can't breathe so i I'm making you walk
0: up hill doing <laughs> Oh God,
1: <this>. that's so <laughs> tough. Um, so if you'd like to listen to all of the episodes that we've talked about in full today, you can find those on our website biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk, or you can also find us on LinkedIn and Facebook um, and Clubhouse.
0: Clubhouse every weekday morning between 11 and 11.30. If you're into that, just search for Big Little Coffee Club and come and say hi. Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. This is your book. I'm getting rid of the
1: flies from your face. (laughs) So, Paul, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you for putting up with me for 12 months. Likewise. Likewise. Wow, that was a bit vicious. <laughs> <laughs> and happy anniversary. Happy one-year anniversary. I haven't bought you anything. You haven't brought me a cake or anything?
0: No, but then I noticed you didn't bring anything. I, I, didn't just know, I did
1: <laughs> I thought about it as I was driving here. And then I thought, oh, damn it, I should have thought of that before.
0: I don't do it was a bad I'll have
1: now. a cup of tea, though.
0: Okay, I can do that.
1: That'll be great. Thank you very much. <laughs>
3: You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. And we're on Facebook too. Just
5: search for Big Little Business Show.